Hello and welcome to Resonate Community Church's Sunday Stream. I'm so glad you'll be able to come back and join us here this evening. If you're watching us live, you're watching us at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday night uh, on YouTube or the Student Ministry website. We're so glad you're able to join us. And if you are catching us on recording later in the week, we're so glad you did that as well. And of course, you can find this available on podcasts as well. Search up any of your favorite podcast platforms and you can look for RCC Student Stream or Sunday Stream, RCC Sunday Stream and find us. And then of course, keep up with all of us on YouTube or on the Student Ministry webpage as you have time to connect with us. So remember, Sunday Stream is a digital connect opportunity above and beyond what we already do on Wednesday night. So for those of you who are watching the Sunday Stream, and have asked about Wednesday night programming. Wednesday night programming has begun. We have two weeks under our belts and we're off to a fantastic start. We're meeting over at the Resonate Community Church uh, building, the new building, uh, the former Knights of Columbus building, and we meet outdoors. And we have an awesome opportunity to be outdoors in the courtyard with bonfires, music, spiritual teaching, snacks, fun, games, lots of stuff. We pack a lot in, it's just for an hour, but we pack a lot in. And we're hopeful that you can make it out on Sunday nights. So, or on Wednesday nights, not Sunday nights, on Wednesday nights. And then join us digitally for a recap here on the Sunday stream on Sundays. So, um, in just a moment, we're going to get into our lesson for today. But in the meantime, uh, I'm so glad you're here. Okay, well, let me open this up in prayer this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together, albeit digitally. We are so grateful for this opportunity to bless the night and uh, give us wisdom as we hear uh, teaching tonight on, on, on how to read the Bible and specific ideas and concepts that we are to be learning as we read the Bible. We love you, amen. So for thousands of years, languages have changed, which means translations of the Bible have changed as well. There's tons of different translations for the Bible, ranging from the Old English of King James to the fictitious futuristic language of the Klingons from Star Trek. But one translation of the Bible, which I have yet to come across, is a Generation Z translation. So join me again on how to translate some scripture into Generation Z language. It's my cousin Brock. Thanks for being here, Brock. Yeah. Or should I say, it's real chill for you to help me out, fam. What? <clears throat> Never mind. Alright, we're just going to do a couple verses today, Brock. So take your time translating it. Yeah. Alright, first one. <clears throat> He, the prophet Elisha, went up there from Bethel, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out to the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore forty-two of the boys. Little Lee was cruising and some dudes were roasting his socks off, which made him big mad. So Big Mama Bears came and made the whole squad din-din. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. I used to be a noob, now I'm not a noob. What's a noob? You're a noob. Okay. <clears throat> you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Be salty and lit, fam. 
How'd you change that fast? Yo, fam always comes prepared with dripping swag. What? And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Dude got his ear clapped and Jesus was like, Chill fam, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Hey, I kind of understood that one. <clears throat> then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. Moses yeeted the sea. What do you mean he yeeted the sea? Yeet! Did you just change again? Nah, fam. What the? How are you doing this? The Lord yeeteth, and the Lord yoketh away. Yoinketh. Past tense of yeet, my dude. Can I have my sweater back? Nah. I feel so uncomfortable. Well, welcome back. This uh, next portion of the Sunday stream will be our actual teaching. We're gonna, in a moment, we'll be tossing it over to our friends over at Orange, who will be leading us through a lesson on the, our series, Explained, uh, the first week of Explained, and what we talked about on Wednesday uh, if you joined us on Wednesday night, we talked about the power of the Bible and we talked about three questions. And the first question we have to ask ourselves whenever we read any verse in the Bible or verses in the Bible is what do these verses teach us about God? We want to be very clear on that. And once we're clear about what these verses teach us about God, then we want to ask ourselves, what do these verses mean for me? And then once we know and we're clear about what these verses mean for me, for us as, as individuals, then we want to know how the Bible verses are teaching us to treat others and how to live with other people. So we're very excited to share this um, with you. The, earlier this morning, if you're watching this on Sunday, we had our virtual Bible presentation for first and sixth graders. So I think the timing of this is absolutely perfect. Uh, so while we're going through the lesson, uh, it might not be a bad idea to open up that Bible and follow along with our friends over at Orange. So without any further ado, here is week one of Explain. shortage of things I wish I understood more. Things that I wish someone could explain the answers to me. And since the title of the series is Explained, I thought I'd share some of my questions with you. These are things I wish would be explained to me. Why can't I lick my elbow? Is GIF pronounced GIF or GIF? Why does the popular vote in America not actually elect the president? Why is Iceland green and Greenland covered in ice? And finally, what happened to Carol Baskin's husband? Right? And while I'd love an explanation for these things, it makes me consider something else that perhaps many of us would like explained to us, the Bible. Okay, I know, it doesn't sound as thrilling as the Tiger King and the drama around Carol Baskin, but it can sometimes feel equally as puzzling or confusing. 
And honestly, certain parts of the Bible sort of read like the Tiger King. But when we really think about it, sometimes the Bible seems as confusing as the American electoral process. If we wanna make any sense of it, it really needs to be explained. Most of these things we want explained are things we're interested in, but the problem is that if most of us were honest, when it comes to the Bible, we don't really think or feel anything. Maybe for you, people talk about it like it's life-changing, but when you read it, it doesn't really change anything. You still feel anxious, you still argue with your step-siblings, and you still don't feel great about yourself. So you're left wondering, Exactly how is this life-changing? Maybe you've seen or heard people who use the Bible as a way of convincing people that they're wrong. And you're like, why would I get excited about something that's used to talk down to other people? Or maybe the Bible has been explained to you by different people, but they all say different things. What one person says contradicts what the next person says, yet they both talk with authority like they know the right way to understand the Bible. And because of that, you're left just feeling confused. Some people look at the Bible as a history book. Some use it as a weapon. Some look at it as a cup of coffee, a way to wake up and feel better. Some people read it like it's fiction, and some people act like it's an instruction manual. No wonder we're confused. We're left wondering, what exactly is the purpose of the Bible? What's the point? And what good does it do for us here and now? If I had to guess, I imagine almost all of us have even more questions about the Bible than I just mentioned. And I want you to know that this is a safe place to ask all of them. You don't have to put your doubt, curiosity, or frustration with the Bible aside when you show up here. This is exactly the place where you should feel safe. But even if we feel comfortable asking questions about the Bible, it doesn't make the questions any easier to live with. Plus, not every question has a clear answer. But the hope is that as we take a deeper look at the Bible over the next few weeks, we'll be able to walk away with at least a little bit more of it explained. To start off, the Bible is divided into two big sections. The first, the Old Testament, which is the pre-Jesus section. Second, the New Testament, which is, you guessed it, Jesus and beyond. A lot of people talk about the books of the Bible, but in reality, they're a combination of accounts, letters, and journals. And with that in mind, I wanna look at one of the accounts of Jesus's life, which means it was in which part of the Bible? You guessed it, the New Testament. It was written by John, who knew Jesus personally and was one of his disciples. John lived longer than any of Jesus' other disciples, and when he was old, he decided to write down what he remembered about Jesus. He may have been one of the last people living who actually remembered hanging out with Jesus. John started his account not by telling us what happened with Jesus, but instead telling us why it happened. I imagine that John started this way because he was older and had time to think through his experience. John starts his account like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You may be thinking, this doesn't explain anything. It actually sounds like a riddle. I get it, but give me a minute to try to explain. You see, John was Jewish, just like Jesus. He grew up learning the Jewish scriptures, a lot of what we call the Old Testament. He would have known that God's Word was really important in Jewish scriptures. God's Word spoke, and all of creation came to be. So God's word was more than just God's spoken words. God's word was his essence. It represented everything about who he is. God's word reflected God himself. And when you and I get to know the word, ultimately, it's about us getting to know God. Think of it this way. The point of the Bible is to know God better. Then John took it one step further. He said, 
the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John is referring to Jesus. God, the Word, took on human form and walked the earth. People got to see the glory of God in Jesus. Jesus had been the Word of God long before any ancient letters and poems were written. The words in the Bible are from God, but Jesus is the ultimate message from God. He is the living and breathing Word of God. It all points to Him. His story is the central story. He's what makes everything else make sense. In other words, the biggest job of the Bible is to point us to Jesus. And why does that matter so much? Because Jesus is the best and most perfect representation of God. One Jewish writer who wrote to new Christians explained it this way in a letter that we now call Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. In the past, God revealed more about Himself through prophets who would then tell the people. The writer here says that Jesus is the best way to see what God is like. And the Bible is the place that helps us understand Jesus' story. When we know Jesus better, we know God better. So when we read the Bible, we need to read it with that one goal in mind, getting to know God by getting to know Jesus. All of the questions that come to mind when we read the Bible are important and necessary to ask. But the biggest answer to the question of what's the point is Jesus. So if you're starting to read the Bible for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, start with Jesus. Start with what he said and what his friends said about him. Put most of your attention there because the point of the Bible is to know God better and Jesus is the best place to start. In fact, let's practice for a minute or two. Let's look at something Jesus said in order to know God better. After we read it, I'm going to give you three helpful questions to think through the verse. In fact, you can use these three questions with any verse you read in the Bible. In a conversation with a religious leader, Jesus was asked which commandment was the greatest. And it was kind of a trap because the religious leader knew that no matter what Jesus picked as the most important, it would imply that something else was less important. Here's how Jesus answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Basically, Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what's most important. So knowing that about Jesus, answer these questions. First, what does this teach me about God? If Jesus cared about loving God and loving your neighbor, what does God care about? He cares about love. What do you think that God cares about most? Does that line up with what Jesus says? Is there anything that needs to change in the way I see God? Next question. What does this teach me about me? Another way to ask this question is, what does this teach me about humans in general? Knowing what I learned about God by answering the question above, what can I learn about myself? In this case, it teaches me that God assumes that I love myself. It's part of loving my neighbor. Almost like loving me is part of the package deal with loving God and loving others. And the last question, what does this teach me about how I need to live or treat others? We might read the best verse and be so inspired by it, but if we don't know how to take that verse into our day-to-day -day lives, then it won't do much good. So ask yourself, if I put what I learned into practice, 
How would that affect the way I treat my mom or stepbrother? What do I need to do differently in light of the fact that Jesus says loving your neighbor is part of the greatest commandment? So recap, what does this teach me about God, myself, and other people? These three questions can help us understand the Bible better. And as we do, we'll get to know God better. And that's the whole point. The Bible helps us know God better. The truth is, even though it doesn't feel like it should be, the Bible can be confusing. But starting with the right idea of the Bible's purpose will help. The point of the Bible is to know God better. And reading about Jesus is the perfect way to do that. So start by reading the Bible with Jesus in mind. Pay attention to the Jesus parts before everything else and ask questions about what he says. He's your 3D glasses and he'll make the rest of it clearer. As you change the way you see the Bible, it'll be a good idea to talk with an adult you trust, someone you can bring your questions and thoughts to. In fact, your small group leader may be a great person to go to. This is exactly why we have small groups, to be in a safe space where you can talk about what we're learning and what we're confused about. This week, start reading the letter John wrote. Begin asking the three questions we talked about. Type your thoughts into the note section of your phone and then talk about them with a trusted adult. We can't wait to hear what you learn about God in the process. All right, well, that is a wrap for this week's Sunday stream. Uh, I hope that the message was, was received well, and I pray that, um, that it, just, it just moved you in a way that you needed to be moved. I found it to be a really good lesson myself as I, as I was listening to it as well. So I just want to thank students. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunday stream. We're so grateful for the students that are showing up on Wednesdays as well. So please, please, please continue to come on Wednesdays. We'd love to, we'd love to serve you there. And uh, we got lots of great things in store. So if we don't uh, see you around, we will certainly have an opportunity to see each other at 6.30 on Wednesday night over at the Knights of Columbus building out in the courtyard. Uh, barring weather, I haven't looked ahead, but I'm just going to assume the weather is going to be picture perfect, <laughs> just, just fine. So with that, I wish you a wonderful week and uh, I'll be the one to close this out in prayer uh, this, this week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Sunday stream and thank you for uh, Wednesday nights and for Bibles and just the words that we are to learn from you. Um, we're just so grateful. Just ask you to be with each of us as we navigate our weeks ahead and we pray that we all see each other safely when we get together again next Wednesday night. Thank you so much for all you do in our lives. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.